Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. You're listening to I Am The Community. I'm Vicki Pepper. With many students graduating this month, they may be heading into the real world going, wait, now I have to do something with my life? How do I do that? Janet Nast, a former single mom of two kids who are now financially independent adults and who chose to start their adult lives with the Marine Corps, is here to help. She's written a book called Shifting to the Business of Life, a Survival Guide for Young Adults. Thank you for joining me, Janet. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Janet, start by telling us about your personal life and how that inspired this book. Well, my personal life, as you mentioned, I was a single mom for almost 14 years, and I got involved in a lot of things that my kids were doing, and one of those was social media. That started years ago, and I started seeing a lot of posts and a lot of memes about how kids were stumbling through contracts and not understanding when they're using their credit cards. They actually had to pay the bills. So I talked to my kids about a lot of these things over the years, and I just kind of assumed it was common sense. But then what had happened somewhere along the line, my son's best friend, Victor, moved in with us for about a year and a half. And he started asking a lot of questions about the same things. And he was saying, gee, I wish they would have taught this stuff in high school. And I thought, well, they, they didn't teach any of this stuff in high school. I just sort of learned it by the seat of my pants. And I don't know, I guess I taught my kids when they were growing up, too. I didn't want them to be ignorant by the time they were 18 and out on their own. So one of the things that happened with Vic, too, when he lived with us, is he got him a snail mail letter saying, we're going to put out a warrant for your arrest if you don't respond to the security duty notice. And he kind of come to me and he goes, well, what is this? They can't do that. And I said, well, yeah, Vic, they can. So a lot of my kids' friends had a lot of the same issues and questions, and I really got to a point where I was repeating myself over and over again, and I got tired of repeating myself over and over again. (laughs) So I actually, I know, right? So I finally just started writing it down, and I actually got a first draft done in about four weeks. So it was pretty amazing. So give us an overview of the book. It's basically all the things that we really didn't learn in high school. And when I say we, I mean probably you and I, too, as well as my kids. Mm -hmm. And I graduated in 75. Some of the highlights will include fun things like reading contracts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And voting and how important it is to pay attention to those jury duty notices. Preparing. (laughs) Yeah. And preparing for job interviews, understanding taxes, income taxes, how that can affect your paycheck or your first paycheck, understanding things like banking. You've got checking accounts and savings accounts as well. And what's the difference between those? And yes, when you get a credit card, you do have to pay the bills at the end of the month. (laughs) 
I also talk about things like buying cars, your first car, getting your first apartment. I even talk about things like getting married or divorced. Mm. Yeah. Can we take a closer look at one or two of the chapters in this book? Sure. My favorite chapters or my biggest aha moments are things to do with getting jobs and then getting married. I'll start with getting married because that's probably quicker, faster, and really at the forefront of a lot of young people's minds when they get out of high school. And I hate to say it, but especially girls, they all get caught up in the romance of marriage. It's like, oh my God, I'm a senior in high school and I'm engaged. I'm so grown up. And we get so caught up in that romance that we forget to think about the nuts and bolts of what a marriage really entails. And what I mean by that is the day-to-day living together, life goals, and then the legal side of it. As far as day-to-day living, that seems like, well, do we both have the same cleanliness habits? Do we both like to spend money or save money? Are we saving for the future? Do we want pets? Are you a dog person? Are you a cat person? Do you like chrome and glass as far as your furniture goes? Are you more into the woodsy leather kind of look? As far as lifelong goals, do you both want kids? And I'll tell you, that is not something you're going to change anybody's minds about right after the wedding. That is not a magic switch that you can flip and say, oh, yeah, I'll talk him into having a baby after we get married. Have to decide these things ahead of time. Things like also, do you want a house or do you want a condo? Some people are yard people. They like to do gardening to relax, and some people don't want to deal with that, and they just want to get a condo and have somebody else deal with it. Then there's the legal side of getting married. This really goes into the money part of it and contracts and the documents that you're changing, especially women. You're probably going to take on his name. You're probably going to change your name on your Social Security card and your driver's license. And then you're probably going to get joint credit cards together, maybe a joint bank account, probably going to rent an apartment or a house or lease one together. So all of these things are basically creating legally binding financial agreements between your and your new spouse. And that's all fine and dandy as long as you do well with that day-to-day living part and those long-term goals. But I'm sorry, if, if you don't agree on that kind of stuff, it can get really ugly really fast. And I'm sure you've all heard about your friends going through these nightmare divorces, and it's horrible. I don't mean to discourage anybody from getting married. I think that's great and it's wonderful. I've done it a few times myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want people to be aware of what they're walking into. It's not just all about romance. It really is a legally binding financial agreement between two people. And I think you become very aware that that is a legal agreement when the marriage ends. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I learned that the hard way. (laughs) I'm speaking with Janet Nast, author of Shifting to the Business of Life, a survival guide for young adults. For kids who are just graduating high school or college or just getting out of the military, what tips do you have for them as they start their job search? Wow, I have a lot of tips on that. Um, I'll just go over some of the highlights here. Basically, when you're first looking for a job, it's always good. And when you're out of high school, you probably don't know these things, but it's good to know some terms, such as what's a full-time job versus a part-time job. When they pay you hourly versus salary, do you know what a resume is versus a job application? Gross pay versus net pay or take-home pay, those are terms you should know about as well. But something that's really important when you're looking for a job, what do you look like on the Internet? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, potential employers are going to be looking at this. And I know this because I was a hiring manager and I used to do this. When I'd get a resume, I'd start Googling people. <laughs> and if I, yeah, if I found something that didn't look so attractive, I'm sorry, that resume went right into the trash. So something else, in addition to that, how you dress is really important. And I've got two tips on that. You never get a second chance to make a good first impression. Second, it is always better to be overdressed than underdressed. And when I mean overdressed, I don't mean sequins and glitter in your best party dress. I mean, let's go conservative here. You're basically selling your skills and your talents in this interview. So don't go in there showing a lot of cleavage and short skirts and that type of thing. You're not selling your cleavage and your legs. You're selling your skills and your talents again. I also recommend you start with solid colors or you stick with solid colors. When you get into fancy prints, those things are real distracting in an interview. I mean, I've, I've done that. So I've had people like stare at, well, what's that big parrot on your shoulder in that blouse? You know, it's like, oh my God. What you really wanted to do is look you right straight in the eye. Eye contact is a sign of a good interview. So stick with your solid colors. Men, if you can wear a button-down shirt, tuck it into your slacks. We don't want wrinkled things either. Keep everything ironed and pressed. Keep your hair out of your face. And oh my gosh, cool it with the perfume and the aftershave. <clears throat> yeah, there is nothing worse than walking into a room and smelling somebody first. So, oh yeah, body odor too. So make sure you shower. That's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> so, yeah, I was going to say those are some basics. You'll find more details, of course, in the book. And beyond dressing appropriately for the interview, what other tips do you have? Well, I would say be prepared. And there's a couple things you can do to be prepared. First of all, before you even go into the interview, do some homework, some research on that particular job. And I don't care if it's McDonald's or IBM or a bank or a construction company. Do your homework. Find out about the company. You want to find out how big they are. And this will help you to understand your growth potential within that company and kind of give you some ammunition when they start asking you questions. So you should come in with a list of questions that you have for them because they will always ask you, do you have any questions for me? If you say no, you kind of come across as a deadbeat. Besides that, though, you should also walk in there with pencil and paper because you don't want to be asking to borrow a pen. And you think, well, what kind of notes? Well, they're going to say a lot of things you're going to want to write down. Turn off your cell phone when you walk in. Bring your driver's license and bring your social security card. You may get a job offer if it goes really well. So you want to be prepared to accept that job offer if it's something you really think you want to do. Also bring in a resume or at least a list of your work experience with your contact information. I have applied for a lot of jobs with a resume, and they ask me to fill out an application when I come in for the interview. Weirdest thing I've ever had happen. But I know it happens all the time. I'm really surprised. So you bring that stuff with you, you're prepared. A couple things you shouldn't ask for or ask about on that first interview, by the way, unless they make an offer, don't ask about pay, don't ask about benefits, and don't ask if you can work from home. Because those kinds of questions make you sound like you've assumed you've already got the job. And maybe you don't. It's a first interview. Last thing I, I suggest that people be prepared to answer is that time-honored question. 
why do you want to work here? Mm. Yeah, like I said, do some homework and you'll have some answers for that question. Good answers would have to do with things like you've heard good things about this company. You feel like there are some great opportunities in this company. It, it lines up with your goals and then you would explain your goals as well. You may also even mention something about you have a great skill set that could be a benefit to this company. Those could be skills such as presentation skills, computer skills, that type of thing. The very last thing I would say, don't ever bring up politics or religion. So many controversies this day. You have no idea when you walk into a room where somebody stands on anything. Just avoid it. If you want to say something like, my mom had taught me never to talk about religion or politics in a social situation, that might be a good way to deal with it. So keep you safe. If you do get into that, by the way, I'll just let you know, you could blow every chance you had of getting that job. So stay away from it. I'm speaking with Janet Nast, author of Shifting to the Business of Life, a survival guide for young adults. Janet, why do you think you're qualified to write a book like this? (laughs) I know a lot of people think that, oh, well, she must have been a lawyer or a financial (laughs) planner. Yeah, no. (laughs) I've never been a doctor, I've never been a lawyer, I've never been a real estate agent, car salesman, tax accountant, bookkeeper, financial planner, none of the rest of that, other than running my own household. However, I have been gainfully employed with a lot of different companies over 40 years or so, starting with my minimum wage jobs at Arby's, and I bought and leased a bunch of vehicles, I've rented and leased and bought a few condos, a few houses, I've learned a lot of things from those experiences, I've been a landlord, which was not a good experience. But I understand the process. I've raised two children as a single mom. I've been divorced, sorry, three times, married four times. So um, (laughs) I've got a lot of experience with that type of thing. And so basically, with that experience, you can bet the material I've written about paints a pretty accurate picture of how things work, really. You briefly mentioned this earlier, but what's a lesson from your life that you feel like you learned the hard way? Oh, yeah, that marriage and divorce thing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like you said, when I went through my first divorce, I found how legally binding it really is because I had bank accounts and credit cards in two names, and I had a heck of a job trying to tear that apart. Not knowing anything the first time, I really got hosed in my first divorce, and I really didn't see it coming because I thought, oh, he's a nice guy. He wouldn't do that to me. Yeah, okay. So that didn't work out so well. But I learned, I took notes, and made sure it was never going to happen again. And so the next two times went a lot better for me. What do you hope readers take away from your book? Two things. Basically, plan for your retirement. I mean, besides the whole marriage and divorce thing, but basically plan for their retirement when they're young. I had an opportunity when I was in my 20s to start a 401k account. And I did it for a minute, didn't take it very seriously. And so I ended up by closing the account. But I remember back then they told me if I started when I was in my 20s, I could realistically have about a half a million dollars to a million dollars saved by the time I retired. Oh, boy, I wish I would have done that. Mm-hmm. And you really only have to put maybe $10 a month away, and it, it grows exponentially over the years. It's amazing how that happens. But the second thing is, I've got to tell you, I understand what it's like to graduate high school get through my last day of school and go, yay, I'm excited, I'm free. But what I also understand and learned is that my parents handed me a stack of bills within a week of graduation saying, okay, here's the car payment, here's the car insurance, here's your phone bill, 
And these are all the things you have to pay yourself. Oh, yeah, and you need to get health insurance, too. So the thing that kids have to realize is that your parents aren't going to be working forever, and sadly, they won't be living forever. So that means they won't always be there to pay your bills and help you through the tough times. So, yeah, live, love, have fun, do whatever you need to do but you need to learn how to take care of yourself. I've been speaking with Janet Nast, author of Shifting to the Business of Life, a survival guide for young adults. Janet, any last thoughts for us? And tell us how we can get your book. I would say for all the kids, all the young adults, all the former Marines, sailors, soldiers, and airmen, use this book as a guide to help you know what you don't know and what you can expect to have to deal with as you head into the world of independence or basically being on your own. And then do your homework for any situation you must be facing or you might be facing. Don't trust what your friends tell you. They may not know either. They might just be making it up to sound intelligent. And that's not always true. So look these things up on the internet and then talk to professionals. Talk to the doctors. Talk to the lawyers. Talk to the financial planners. Talk with the car salesman or tax accountant. Talk to all the people who know and have this experience. And just remember more than anything else, not everybody knows everything. I don't know everything. And if anybody says they do, they're not really being honest with you. As far as where you can find out more about this and get the whole scoop, you can go to my website for one. That is JanetMNass.com. I have all my books listed there, overview of the business of life, as well as a few others. You can also follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I have a Facebook account that's called The Business of Life, and I frequently post information there that I've learned, more recent and more current, but I refer back to the book as well. And you can also find the book Shifting to the Business of Life, a survival guide for young adults on Amazon as well. Thank you so much for talking with us today. Oh, it was my pleasure. I hope to help as many kids as I possibly can to just be prepared to be grown-ups. I love doing this. I love doing this. So thank you. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 